Hello and welcome to episode 7 of That's What People Do and you're joined again by myself Ryan and with me as always I've got James. Hello buddy. Hello, good to be here. Good stuff. Right, so last week we spoke about, what was her name again, tell me? Elizabeth uh, Batori. Elizabeth Batori who was the Hungarian serial killer who killed, if I remember right, over 650 yep. virgin girls Absolutely from man, her. Yeah local village and uh, no one seemed to notice no one seemed to notice that 650 virgin girls just disappeared from the town anyway this week we're going to make it a bit lighter now that's a lie we're going with another guy who's a bit crazy so again that's what people shouldn't do start a cult and perform terrorist acts we are going to talk about a man called Shoko Asahara so born March the 2nd, 1955, Shoko Asahara was born with the name Chizuo Matsumoto and grew up in Yatsushiro Kamamoto Prefecture in Japan. I need to point this out. This is like a a disclaimer right now. There's quite a few Japanese names in here. I'm looking forward to hearing you butcher them. I've read them a few times, but not necessarily out loud. So (laughs) hopefully I'm doing fine. Okay. So... Little Shoko Asahara, born Chizuo Matsumoto. He was the fourth of nine children in a poor family. His mother was a housewife, and all the money came from the father, who was a weaver. He's the guy that kind of make like, the hatchy bits for the floor. Yeah, right? okay, okay. So, not only did young Chizuo have to deal with this, growing up in a poor household, he was also born blind in one eye, with the other visually impaired. Oh, right, okay. So, not a good start for him, bless him. Okay, young Matsumoto. As I, um, as I like to do, I like to put pictures for James to see. I like pictures. He's got a nice picture of uh, young Matsumoto. He's not a very well-kept gentleman. He's not a well-kept gentleman. He has a huge beard and very long hair, and yes. he's quite overweight. So... He was sent off to a state-run school for the blind at the age of six... And over time, it was noted that he was quite a charismatic young man, but he was also a bit of a bully. He had a violent streak in him and was known to extort his fellow students. So in a school of the blind, if you have even partial vision, you have an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Can you imagine being blind? Uh, I can't. No. I know the layout of my house quite well. Yeah. And on the odd occasion, I would like just try and traverse it with my eyes closed. Right, okay. And I'm not that good at it. No, you're still bashing into it. You're disorientated, aren't you? Exactly. It's, I know how to walk around my house. I just don't know how to do it without visual stimulation. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, so, you know, fair enough to him. Uh, anyway, he was used to this, right? He had an advantage, okay? There are stories, though, as I say, he used to extort his fellow students. There are stories where he would walk his fellow blind students, who are completely blind, yeah. walk them as their guide to places like the hairdressers, which is nice. Yeah, it's as you do. You're helping a man out. He's helping a man out. He's got one good eye. He's yeah. helping his fellow students who can't, can't get around because they're fully blind. That's great. But if you want to go back home, you better cough up. All right. No way. Yeah. So otherwise, he'd just leave them there. He would. He would. He would just leave them there if they didn't what pay him douche. to take them back. It's ruthlessness at such a young age. Like fully, was just like, oh, it's all right. I'll take you to get your hair cut. Yeah. And then at the end of it, he was like, oh, all right. Uh, can we go home now? 
Do you have your money, though? What money? You know, to to pay me to walk you home again. No way. One evil guy, man. Right? So he finished school in 1975 and attempted to become a lawyer. So, unfortunately, he failed his exams. So he tried something different. He tried to become a medical... Uh, so he, he went to the medical school and tried to become a doctor. And again, right. failed all of his I exams. I mean, if I had a doctor that was visually impaired, I wouldn't be thrilled. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose. Um, it's difficult, that one, because, I don't know, I feel like you kind of need to see what you're doing. Yeah, otherwise they're going to be, like, prodding around and, like, not knowing what the fuck's going on. Imagine you could be a GP. Just sit there and listen, I guess. But then even GPs, like, examine people physically. Yeah, I suppose. You're like, could you please place my hand on the bit that is issues? (laughs) like, yes, here. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, he tried, he failed. And uh, so he instead studied traditional medicines and acupuncture. Right. And he opened up his own practice in the Chiba prefecture selling quack medicines, like, you know, homeopathy stuff. Yeah. Lots of people have put, like, homeopathy drops on their tongues for, like, anxiety and stuff like that. 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 Like, seem to be better, which I'm not sure on. So he was he was actually convicted of selling unregulated drugs and he was fined 200,000 yen. Uh, which sounds like a lot, but is actually about 1,500 quid in today's money. Right. Anyway, that uh, quack medicine he was selling was actually just orange peel in alcohol. What would that taste? What alcohol? Uh, it's just like still alcohol, just like oh, plain. Oh, right, okay. You know, like just distilled yeah. clear alcohol orange liquid. Orange peel in just alcohol. Just orange peel in it and uh, mix that up. That just sounds like a drink, just a drink. Yep, and it, uh, he would charge you £7,000 for it. No way. Yeah. And people were just bought into this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, we'll get onto it in a bit later, but the Japanese had some serious dosh going about at this time. They yeah, had some sounds serious like cash it. hanging around. They were going for a bit of an economic boom at this point, so they had money to waste. And other than that, things seemed to be going all right for Matsumoto. He married a woman called Tomoko in 1978, and he went on to have 12 children. Jeez, he <laughs> yeah, got busy. He was having a good time. He was busy, busy, busy. He began to have a fascination with religion. He would completely devote all of his spare time to just learning about different religious ways like Taoism, Buddhism, Christianity. Right. He'd also practice meditation and yoga, and he actually gets quite good at the yoga, which will come into play a little bit later on as well. You see, apart from the selling extortionate goods and abusing blind people, he seems quite liberal, because I'll just say that because yoga and... Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the the extorting, the extorting the blind, I think morally is incorrect, but I don't imagine it's much more different. You know when those people at school would sell you sweets that they've bought from Asda for a pound yeah. and they sell it to you for two pounds? Yeah. Like, I think it's similar to that. You could yeah. argue, I mean, it's a bit immoral, but you could argue but that. But then again, in the in the situation of the sweets, you have the choice not to buy the sweets, whereas if you're blind, you not you don't really have a choice but to be left somewhere. Yeah, as I say, it is a bit immoral. He is leaving you there and uh, exploiting your disability. Um and yeah, I selling the um, the fake drugs, the fake medicines. Yeah, it's not. That's a bit douchey. Yeah, it's a bit. Other than that, he's a pretty normal guy. So anyway, we I'll give you a little lowdown of the area. So now, the eighties in Japan was just a mad time. Okay, it, 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 economic it's, it's, it's economy just boomed. Right. With more and more people making hella money and buying just materialistic objects. Nice. Uh, which is great, but uh, a growing number of Japanese felt inside, they felt empty on the inside, and they they, they craved some kind of purpose and meaning. 
because religion in Japan at the time was going through this weird time. Yeah. The state religion used to be Shinto, which yeah. is where the emperor was a living deity. Yeah. But after World War Two, the emperor had to step down as a deity, leaving many people in a spiritual crisis. Right. Yeah, I mean, so the the emperor was a living god. And after the Second World War, the Americans, when the Japanese were about to surrender, they said, okay, yeah, you can surrender, but you have to also surrender up your godhood. Yeah. You're not a god. You're yeah. a man. And um, he did, and he publicly said to everyone i'm not a god right which just like you know shattered so many people it shattered so many people's beliefs you know what i mean that'd be like i don't know for instance i don't know actual christian god comes down yeah and then just proves everyone else wrong and yeah. it's like now you've got so many millions of people just left with fuck all to believe yeah and they're just in this weird limbo like state so they're not knowing like what kind of religion to follow they have no sort of direction in life in that kind of sense and then they've just got a shitload of money and they're just buying stuff Right, buying just, it. Okay, so it's a bit of a retail therapy. Yeah, almost. Yeah, and so they're look. They're also looking for religions, which is why loads of phony religions began to pop up all over the place. Okay, one religion that had been going on since the fifties and had now been recognised by the government as legit was a, a religion called Aegon Shu, uh, which was a mix of Buddhism and with thousands of members, Matsumoto had an idea. I wonder what his idea was. Oh, yeah. The word cult was thrown around at the start. <laughs> he wanted to create his own religion and be at the head of it. He wanted to be a king. He wanted to be a god. So I mean, he, don't we all? Yeah, damn right. He uh, told his wife that he needed to go on a spiritual journey and left her and their 12 children to go to India for two years and study. And that's what men say nowadays when they go down the pub. Just going on a spiritual journey, love. I'll be back in a bit. Mine only went out for a Snickers bar and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> he returned in 1984 and founded Om Shinsen no Kai, but it was quickly renamed Om Shinrikyo, which in English means Om Supreme Truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And was later recognised as a bona fide religious group in 1989. So it was recognised, okay. What it, what it seems like is that the Japanese government maybe were aware that lots of people didn't have a religion or, or felt like there was like a need for one. Yeah. So they just sort of like okay. registered fucking up most of them. <laughs> yeah, like, okay. yeah, sure, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then it gave the people that would follow it a bit more credit and a bit yeah. more, you know, recognition or whatever. So this guy was crazy charismatic. Like he could give Hitler a run for his money in the terms of charisma section, okay. right? He would stand on street corners just handing out leaflets. He'd put ads in magazines promising to teach his followers psychic powers and claiming that he could look into people's past lives, read minds, pass through walls and levitate. I'll be like, okay, boss, go on then. Yeah, exactly. That was the point. This is how charismatic this guy is. He's able to bullshit his way into telling you that I could pass through walls if I want to and still make you believe him, even though you'd be like, oh, go on then. He'd be able to talk you out of that and then say, oh, I don't need to show you. Like, you just need to have the faith and believe. Right, levitate, blah, blah, blah. levitate for me right now, please. Well, if you have a cheeky little look here, and we'll post this on our Instagram and I'm all our socials, it, yeah. that is a picture of... Uh, Chizuo Matsumoto, who would be now, um, he will he will change his name soon um, to Ashoka Asahara. He is levitating in that picture, but it, he's got a very strained face. So it looks to me like he's crossed his legs and somehow kind of jumped up with a lot of effort and had the picture taken at the exact right time. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what's happened in this picture uh, is, like I said earlier, he's really into his yoga. 
So what he's doing there, he's actually using a very special expert yoga technique that involves him tensing up his thighs, which basically like jumps him up in the air. And what happened was he was like, look, I can I can levitate for like a second and just jumped up in the air by using his thigh muscles from this yoga technique. And that was the picture that was taken. And And then he went with this. People went with that. He'd show them that and he'd show the picture in a magazine and stuff. And he'd have a massive spread and art about him because he was putting a load of money into it. Yeah. Um, And people were like, oh, my God, he can levitate. Look, there's a picture of him levitating. Wow. Yeah. So Chizoa Matsumoto also changed his name to Shoko Asahara. And a monster is brought into the world. Now, this guy was, like I say, crazy charismatic, okay? Um, he actually just, like, was it, was it, where am I? He would stand on the street corners. Oh, yeah. So, that is, so he's using his thigh muscles to do that jump. He wrote books on psychic powers and how to attain them, and he would have recruiters ask people if they had any spiritual or paranormal stories and anything they were told they would play on it saying that if they journeyed if they joined the group they could enhance their abilities because they were clearly someone important in their past life so if you could have literally anything like is anything paranormal happened to you like, oh yeah i heard like i don't know my door being banging at like three in the morning or yeah. whatever they go oh well that, that's your past life subconsciously in your head telling you like you you clearly had a, a past life or we can we can delve into that we could find that out and learn the truth behind that if you join us that kind of thing i mean i would be quite interested in learning about past lives if that was a thing mm-hmm. yeah exactly i would um now at first he was quite pleasant to his followers you know you got to keep him sweet yeah. yeah. Supposedly, dishing out good old wisdom, like proper good old wisdom. He even met at one point the Dalai Lama, and once, Jeez, okay. yeah, exactly. And once claimed to his followers that he had his blessing, giving them more credibility. But if you want to know more, just like the blind kids at the hairdressers, you've got to <laughs> cough up the dough. Yeah, That's, that seems to be a running thing in cults. I know, like Scientology, don't like being called a cult, but they're a cult. And oh, I've started one Scientology now. We're going to get taken down. But um. <laughs> You have to pay for certain levels. Yeah. That is the definition of a fucking cult. Yes. And then what happens is uh, new stuff gets taught. Yeah. And new stuff gets uh, you know, brought out and you have to then pay again for that. But it's absolute fucking bollocks. It's essentially like Harry Potter being released and you can read chapter one. They're like, oh, if you want chapter two, that's an extra two quid. Oh, yeah. And like to get every chapter, you need to pay some more. Definitely. Well, that's what you had to do here. If you wanted to learn more, you had to pay 74,000 yen. Now, larger donations... They came with gifts. Oh, by the way, 74,000 yen, that's like, a, that's basic. Like, that's at the beginning. That's yeah. a start. Right? right. Which is not a lot, because remember, uh, 200,000 yen was about 1,500 quid. Yeah. So it's not a lot. Uh, but it, that, that that's the perfect thing. It's like, it gets you in. And once you're hooked. Once you're in, you need to learn more. You've got to keep coughing up more. So larger donations came with gifts, okay? So private sessions with Shoko, um, they're about, uh, you know, 212,000 yen. You'd have... A meeting with him, but you could also have two gallons of Shoko Asahara's bath water. Um, I'm just going to need to take a beat there just to assess that a man is selling his dirty bath water. Yep. And people are just lapping it up for about fifteen hundred quid. He's selling you two gallons of his bath water. That, that dirty means water. The, the second people want to buy your bath water means you're revered. People love you. Yeah, you've made it. You've oh. made. He, do you know what he is? He is a, he is a uh, a Twitch streamer like a, a a very pretty female Twitch streamer yeah. selling bath water. Yeah, because that's like a joke saying, isn't it? When you see like an attractive person, you'd be like, 
I would drink their bath water. I've never heard that one. Have you not? No. You see, like someone really attractive, like yeah, I would, I would drink their bath water. I would drink like, their bath water. Well, yeah, he, you'd get two gallons of his bath water if you paid enough, about fifteen hundred quid. But then, can you prove that he was in there, or could he just uh, give you water? Of course, of course, you don't need proof that he was in there. You just know he was in well, there. It's his would, bath you water. You already believe that he was. Why would you lie? Why right. would he lie about that? Right. Okay. Now, it was not uncommon for people to sign over literally everything they had to the cult, and I mean literally. This is what you were just getting. Yeah, at. people really buy into cult. Some like genuinely, I've considered starting one because it seems like there's a lot of money in it, and people just go for it. Oh God! Like all their worldly possessions and money, even their homes, would be signed over to Asahara. This made Asahara a proper wealthy man. And like yeah. I say, it's important to note that this is really common in cults. And I suppose it's not classed as theft because they are giving it to him. Yeah, they're handing over their entire life to the cause and they're cutting off completely all ties to their families. And it seems to be a good way of really what it is, is a good way of keeping you uh, stuck with them. Yeah. You can leave if you want. But you've got literally nothing to go back to. And now that a cult leader has you 100%, they can start doing whatever they want. And Asahara was no different. Yeah. He did exactly that. You're completely right. Like, cults will do that all the time. Every cult. I don't think there's a cult uh, that, that hasn't done it before. You sign over everything you have. Yeah. The idea is that if I, I have nothing without this place, yeah, so this then is you're my family now. Yeah. Exactly. And then you can't leave. Because, and this is the thing, cults will always say, of course you can leave. Yeah. Of course you can. You can go whenever you want. We're not holding you here. Yeah. But if you go, know that you have nothing. Apart from Jonestown. You couldn't leave that. Well, no, yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't. I'm sure we'll cover that. Uh, probably will. <laughs> As I've said, if you want to know more, you've got to pay more. But you also got to show that you're dedicated to the cause. So, they would do a thing called the blood initiation. That already sounds sinister. Yeah, it does. Where members would have to drink three spoonfuls of Asahara's blood. Right, to anyone listening to this, never drink anyone else's blood because that's AIDS and hepatitis and other wrong things will get past you. Stop. Uh, yeah, only bathe in virgin blood. Only bathe in virgin blood. That's what we're about on this podcast and we won't hear any different. <laughs> now, this would apparently give them magical properties. No explanation what they are. <laughs> There was other initiations. So he, just, he literally just explained them as magical properties, and it was like, "Oh, cool, yeah, I'll yeah. drink your blood." Yeah, fully, fully believe them. Fully believe them. Um, there are, like I said, other initiations, and one other involved drinking tea made from his hair. Oh, can you imagine getting his hair just like his long, stringy black hair stuck down the back of your throat? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's brewed with his hair. Like, no, no, thank yeah. you. No, thank you. No. Yeah, I've got a cheeky little picture there as well of them all like revering him as he just sits there all in white and everyone's just like jumping all over him, like, oh my god, it's Shanka Sahara. But they paid a lot of money to hang around with him there as well. So, now we're going to talk about the compound that they stayed in because it's a shithole. Yeah. Yeah, the compound they stayed in was filthy and harsh. They slept on the floor infested with roaches and were encouraged not to bathe. They had a strict diet of rice, tofu, maybe some vegetables, and they were only allowed to sleep for a maximum of five hours. Right, that's me out. I'm gone. Mm -hmm. Violence was also quite commonplace. Of course it is. Yep. The smallest showing of disobedience was met with karma disposal. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Karma disposal was a wooden stick beating to remove the bad karma in you. And this is because, uh, this is because so normal, uh, where am I? This became so normal to members, all right, 
if you if you had any sort of dissent, any idea of oh I'm not sure, I'm not sure, you got yourself a karma disposal, everyone grab your sticks, boom 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 boom. Just beat the shit out of someone afterwards like, Thank you, I feel good now. Only good karma here. Yes, so he managed to uh instill within all of his members that the only way people that had karma in them, the only way to get it out was to beat it out of them or to torture them and get that out. Right. Yeah? And it gets worse. Um, yeah, he told them that by beating those who have bad karma, it would give you good karma by helping them. So that's how he managed to trick people into doing these things. Because they would get rewarded. They would be rewarded for doing so. Not only are you getting the bad karma out of this person, making them better, it gives yeah. you good karma to help this person. How has no one seen the hole in this? Yep. But for those who were repeat offenders, there was another way. You would be put in a room for days with a TV, which is not too bad. Yeah. But this TV shows Asahara talking to them at full volume, and this could happen to anyone and any Was age. it just like a loop as well, just the same yep. shit? Yep, the same shit. Remember I said that they would cut ties with all their family? Well, yep. one way to get around this was to bring them with you. Yep. And uh, whole families would join this cult, and children were not exempt from punishments. Right, yep. what's he doing to the kids? They would be beaten as well, and they would also be put in these rooms too. Nice. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. But so other other treatments they would do is uh, a little light human experiments. Just something light. Nothing Just too light. bad. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they had skull caps, which would send shocks to the brain. Uh, I'll point out, the kids do get a lower voltage. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they get uh, like... Man of the people. Yeah, everyone everyone gets about six volts yeah. uh, to their head, and uh, kids get three. So. Oh, good. I was genuinely worried there that... That's my main concern in life, that the kids have been shocked. Oh, God, yeah. The adults. Yeah, looking after the little ones. Yeah. Uh, now, it was said that the shocks would sync your brain up with Shoko Asahara's, giving you many meditative benefits. Right. Yeah, now this would be a great moneymaker for the cult, with it costing over 700,000 yen to rent, which is £5,000 a month. That's a lot of rent. Yeah. And later, a ritual called the Holy Fire Service, which would take place where one of the priests would force members to eat whatever they told them to. Okay? Uh, some would be raw cabbage, or a bag of oranges, or, you know, eat your vomit if you couldn't keep it down. For fuck's sakes. But if someone told me to eat, like, a bag of oranges, I reckon I'd be fine. Oh, I, I quite frequently, as my girlfriend will attest to you, uh, I will eat a bag of oranges just as a snack. How many in the bag? Uh, maybe ten. How big are the oranges? Uh, they're like little satsumas. Little to like be easy fair. peeler ones. They're little easy peelers. Right. Okay. It's not the girthy. No, no, no. They're hard to peel as well. Yeah, they're a nightmare. I you like have to easy cut them. peelers. I the like easy. You have to slice. I don't exactly. Like. I like easy peelers. Just peel it, bosh, yeah. right in your mouth. I'll they're a bit citrusy though. Do you not feel them on your teeth afterwards? You know, when you have something really citrusy in your teeth, like mm. I just like citrus. I love oranges. Fair. I love them. Anyway, as I said, they would be force-fed these, and I say if you couldn't keep it down, you would eat the vomit as well. Right. You can't leave that alone. It's like they're treating them as dogs. Oh, and uh, another little uh, initiation you got there. Another would be dunking people's heads into freezing cold water to remove the heat. A guy died. To remove the heat? Yes, from the head. Because it was to help be more meditative. So heat is released from the head, that's correct. But dunking it into cold water will not. To release the heat from the head. Makes your head cold. Right. I feel like you missed a bit as well. A guy died. A uh, guy did die. I was just picking holes in. 
in the actual the holes in the process before getting the biggest hole was a guy died. Yeah, I mean, rip to that guy. Rip to that guy. It's it's kind of like the um, Elizabeth Batory case where the she froze people. A lot of people like freezing people, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got hypothermia, and that's what killed him. As you would. Because yeah. if your extremities are freezing cold, that's what happens. Exactly. Well, a friend of his, in, who is also in the cult, uh, naturally he was pissed about it. Uh, this is the first death in, sh- um, you know, with Omshinri Kyo. Yeah. And um, he spoke out about it. You know that 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 can't be happening. You know he was uh, he was strangled to death with a rope by Asahara himself. Uh, no, no, not by Asahara himself. By the cult members. Right. Um. Which Asahara gave his blessing to, of course. Yep. It was uh, release him of his bad karma. So to kill him, yeah, strangle the guy with the rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Karma therapy. Uh, now Asahara played it away by saying the issues uh, were, you know, bad karma that that guy had in him, and the only way to help him was to release him from his struggle. He was straight up murdered, and this would not be the only murder attributed to Om Shinrikyo or Om Supreme Truth. Okay. Yes. A group of Ohm family members banded together and filed a complaint against Ohm hiring lawyer Tsutsumi Sakamoto. So family members of these people that had joined the cult, yeah. they didn't like it. They got this lawyer in, Tsutsumi, and uh, he began to badmouth the cult on radio stations, yeah. which Asahara absolutely hated. Yeah. You'll get this with a lot with cult members. They don't like bad press. They hate it. They'd yeah. rather, they like their own little world to be contained, and they don't like no one talking about it outside yeah. if they're not interested in it. Okay, So he mentioned this to his members, uh, that Sakamoto's soul should be sent away by any means. And just left them to do whatever they thought best. Well, considering he's put in their head that killing is okay, he's just told them to kill him. Well, yeah. Well, what he, he hasn't told them to kill him. He's 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 asked them to uh, send his soul away. Indirectly, kill him. <laughs> you could do, but he will say he told you to send his soul away. To which, to me, sounds like kill him. <laughs> well, but I didn't say the words. <laughs> so here's what they did. Little uh, disclaimer then. A small team made up of scientists, martial artists and doctors, went to Sakamoto's home at night armed with ropes, hammers, clubs and syringes filled with potassium chloride. One of the members accidentally woke Sakamoto's baby, who was two, which made him come to the child's aid only to find a cultist smothering the baby and injecting it with the syringe. They killed a child! They killed the child. But they didn't tell him to send the child's soul away by any means. They had to get rid of all of them. So they smothered a fucking kid? By any means. They smothered the child. It died. The what other has this man done to them to make them think that smothering children is acceptable? So Susimi Sakamoto was the lawyer who was then going to file this complaint against them and yeah. you know, let it go in court. And obviously he was also bad-mouthing the cult on radio waves. Yeah. And Asahara didn't like it, so he told him to send him away. Right. So they killed his child and... Um, the other two that were there managed to wrestle him to the ground and the one who killed the baby got a hammer and then hit it on Sakamoto's head killing him instantly his wife was also met with the same treatment and they were dumped in metal barrels so just right okay this is very like Nazis as well like if you don't agree with us we'll just kill you yeah yeah yeah. if you put out bad press we'll silence you yeah absolutely they don't like bad press now in 1994 
a van driving around the Matsumoto area, coincidentally, many locals in the area were choking, dying, and the van was linked to Om Shinrikyo. Right. Turns out that la- that van was spewing out sarin gas. It killed eight people and was the first terrorist attack using sarin, and it would not be the last. So he's turned into a full-blown terrorist now. Yeah, he's getting there. So, with most murderers and cults, paranoia became deep-set, and Asahara began feeling it hard. Yeah, you constantly think people are after you because you're killing people. Absolutely. He believed the world was out to get him, and he began to stockpile weapons to defend themselves. They had a factory dedicated to making AK-47s. They had plans to construct tanks and artillery, and they smuggled an attack helicopter into Japan from Russia. How does one do that? How does one go about sourcing an attack helicopter? Yeah, yeah. Like, if I gave you the challenge now of you've got a month to get an attack helicopter, where would you begin? Well... What's happened is the US. What I'll do is I'll finish this this section and then I'll, I'll I'll tell you a bit more about it. So, like I say, they used chemical weapons like uh, clostridium clostridium botulinum, which can be used to create botulinum toxin. This stops neurotransmitters to the brain, paralyzing you, just shutting down all it your just muscles. Kills your brain. Yeah, right. yeah, it shuts down all your muscles, like your lungs and your heart, killing you. But the big gun was quite literally a nuke. He hired Russian scientists from the crumbling USSR to make him a nuclear bomb. Now, he obviously didn't get one, but it was on his list, and it was definitely in the realms of possibility for him. What? Yeah. No, Sorry, but he's, this man's got an attack helicopter, and he's got... He, he could very possibly get a fucking nuclear weapon. Yes. How fucked up is this planet? Yes, uh, so, as I was saying, the reason this was able to happen, because in, at that time, uh, the Soviet Union was crumbling crumbling, yeah. and was disbanding. Yeah. And lots of Soviet uh, scientists yeah. had now no job. Right. And a lot of them, their only job is nuclear technology and this sciencey stuff that they're good at. That's right. all they're good at. Okay. And now they have nothing else to go to because the government's gone. The only thing that was funding them is gone. What can you do? They've got families to feed. They just sold themselves, basically. And uh, Asahara was one of the buyers. He wanted them. So he had to shit ton of money at this point as well. Uh, Yeah, remember, it was $7,000 a month if you wanted to have just the shock treatment head thing. Yeah. People were paying so much money. This place became a billion-dollar cult. Mad. Yeah. This guy had insane levels of money. And so he was hiring Russian scientists with plans who know how to make nukes and would have them work for him. Or That's try crazy to have them that work he could get that, mm-hmm. or almost get that. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible. So he told his followers that the world would end with a chemical weapon attack in 1995 and that Om Shinrikyo would be the ones to come out from this on top. But, like self-fulfilling prof- prophecies... They had to be the ones who started it all off. Now, they tried several times to make this happen. Once spraying botulism outside of the Diet, which is a government body responsible for choosing their prime minister. Right. Now, this didn't work because the strain used was harmless. Well, they're shit at what they do. Well, yeah, we'll go into that a bit more. Another time, they tried to spray anthrax from the roofs of skyscrapers. Mm. 
Now these didn't work so well and that's because these people are not chemical experts. The people that joined up were smart ass people though. They're scientists, they're engineers, they're computer programmers mostly. Yeah. But they are smart people and they're learning this as they go. So it just proves that you can be smart but you can also be fucking dumb at the same time. Like yeah. you can be academically smart but street smart, no. That's the thing. So this is th- with, with this cult specifically you must think, oh, these people are stupid. Like, why would they let yeah. someone, like, make them eat their own vomit if they just couldn't eat this force feed in yeah. session or stuff like that? Why are these people doing that? Are they stupid? No, they're not. They're genuinely really smart people. A lot of them, they're they professionals a... with careers and, and, and trades and stuff like that. Mm. They must have a massive gaping hole in their lives. They, they did, and that was the problem. They were looking for this spiritual awakening of some sort, and they felt that this was it. Yeah. And he, he was so charismatic that he made them believe it. Mm. and so I say they weren't great but they were getting better now this is where we come to what Ohm Shinriko are famous for right okay March 1995 Tokyo right five Ohm members Kenichi Hiroshi Toro Toyoda Masato Yokomoto Yasuo Hayashi and Ikua Hayashi headed to the Tokyo subway to perform their mission. Right. Start Armageddon. Right, okay, good mission, easy. So it's 7.30am. Kenichi Hiroshi got on board a train heading to Tsukiji Station. Right. He took a seat and placed a plastic bag on the floor. With an umbrella that had the end sharpened, he pierced the bag, releasing deadly sarin gas. He left the train and dispersed into the crowd. Right. At other stations, Toyoda, Yokoyama, and both Hayishi were doing the exact same. And by 8.15am, all five had completed their mission and were on getaway cars heading back to the compound. So they did it. They were successful. Mm -hmm. Now, as the trains went on, a commuter noticed a funny smell, and passengers began to feel ill. With their vision going and people vomiting blood, others were having fits. Hundreds of people were poisoned and it would get worse. The authorities closed the subway and stopped trains moving. They thought that was the best option. Yeah. The result was carriages packed with people choking on sarin gas going nowhere. And with nobody able to get out, thousands began to fall to the effects of sarin. Right. A couple of workers did try to grab one of the bags to remove it from the carriage and they'd be dead within minutes. Some commuters got outside and the sarin was clinging to their clothes. It spread outside, infection, infecting thousands more with bodies beginning to litter the streets. Jeez, oh, how have I never heard of this? Mm-hmm. This is crazy. It's mad, right? Many went blind, suffered brain damage and some would die. In total, luckily, only 12 people would die. In the grand scheme of things... Considering that's, okay, yeah, that's decent. Thousands of people were poisoned. Yeah. For only twelve to die, unfortunate. Yeah. But it could have been a lot. It could have been lot a lot worse. worse. Dozens were permanently disabled, and over six thousand people were poisoned. And it would have been more if it weren't for a guy called Hiroshi Morita. So he worked. Remember the poisoning back with the van? Yeah. He was actually on the front lines of that. He worked on that on the poisoning, and saw the symptoms that were similar. So he called it out and treatment began. Right. So his actions literally saved thousands. What a good guy. Right. Well done, Hiroshi Mar- Marita. Definitely, man. Now, 
Own was suspected, and uh, 48 hours after the attacks, police raids began on Asahara's compound, where they found areas dedicated to making anthrax, sarin, mustard gas, along with stockpiles of weapons. Well, mustard gas, of course, uh, famous in World War One. Yeah, it's yeah. Deadly shit. Yeah. Right. Now Asahara wasn't there, and he got away, uh, but Ohm fought back. They released phosgene gas in another train station, injuring 400 people. But the worst would be a cyanide bomb placed in Shinjuku Station with the potential to kill 20,000 people. Jeez. Shinjuku's yeah. one of the main stations. Yeah. Luckily, the detonator didn't work and it didn't go off. Good. Yeah. Thank God for that. Thankful, right? And in May of 1995, Shoko Asahara was found hiding in a fake wall in one of his compounds. His trial would begin a year later in 96 and would last eight years. Now, the first four, he completely disrupted proceedings going on rants. Right. For all of it. Like, I, and I, when, I, when I read that and learnt that, I wondered what that meant. Yeah. Um, but I think it, what happens is uh, for four years, he'd kept this up. They'd go, uh, you know, this is a court proceeding, blah, blah, blah. And then I... I, I Shoko would just be like, la, 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 la. <laughs> basically just like, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, I can't hear you, if I la la la. And they were like, fuck's sake, we're going to have to postpone this. Can we do it like next week? <laughs> and he just did that for four years. Jeez, right, okay. Dedicated to cause. Yeah. Well, in the year 2000, four years in between, right, he just stopped speaking and he would never speak again for the rest of his life. Right. Yep. He, uh, he was sentenced to death by hanging in 2006. Um, but for the next 10 years, he would refuse to talk, eat, or even go to the toilet. What, so he'd just shit himself? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, he was force-fed and made to wear an adult nappy. Literally shot himself, right, okay. Yeah, literally. What, what a dignified way to end. Mm-hmm. Well, on July 6th, 2018, along with six other OWN members, he was hanged until dead and was cremated. Um... And you were saying, like, what a way a dignified end for him to end, right? Mm. He was hung with six other members of the cult yeah. who, uh, obviously, at one point, revered him as a god. Yeah. And now they're stood next to him, smelling like shit. Yeah. Skinny as a rake because he's not eating. Yeah. And you must have, surely then, you must have looked at him and gone, I made a mistake. Yeah. I think any person that leads you to your death has, uh, you, yeah, you'd look at them and be like, fuck, I fucked it here. Yeah. But that's crazy. Like, he died recently. 2016? Like really, 2018. Oh, sorry, yeah, 2018. Really recently? Yeah, what dick? Was that even on the news? Probably, I just didn't... Uh, Not so much around here, not not in the Western... Was it big news in Japan? Uh, No, Um, people don't give a shit. Really? No, no one gives a shit about it. He sounds like he's kind of the Japanese version of the IRA, kind of. Yes. Except the IRA is not at really the time, At the time, um, at the time he was a big thing. Ten years later, no one gives a shit. They're like, who? Right. Which is brilliant. Yeah. Like, that's perfect. Especially someone that thinks they're a god. Someone who thinks he's a god. He yeah. wanted to be a king of Japan. Yeah. Now he's not even a second thought to anyone. Yeah. It's like, did you know Shoko Asahara was um, executed the other day? Who? Yeah. You know, the guy who performed the sarin gas attacks on the tube in 1995. Oh, right. Okay. No one remembers him, Matt. which is great. It is the best way. I wonder what his children think. 
Yeah, of course, he has 12 children from his marriage, yeah. first marriage. Yeah. Cults are really interesting. They're really interesting. There's so Properly many Properly well. interesting. One thing as well, like, later on in their time, like, there's so much shit happened in this place, yeah. right? But, like, one thing that does, is a reoccurring thing with cults is uh, no sex. Right. Well, if we delve into cults another time, right? Yeah. No sex is something that does come up a lot, but... The cult leader can have all the sex he wants. I mean, yeah, th- if you're going to make a cult, that's how you make it. So you get a pick of the... Oh, yeah, they get a pick of anyone. Yeah. Including people's wives. Yeah. Right? And then, like, the men just take it. Yeah. Like, they're just, okay, you can have my wife. And, yeah, the cults go weird about that. Uh, it, sex is such a big thing with cults. Yeah. Really bizarre stuff. So that was Shoko Asahara. I've genuinely never heard of that man. And I feel like I should have, considering what he did in... Yeah. Japan, yeah. that's crazy so uh, that's something people shouldn't do yeah don't start a cult and gas people don't start a cult don't start a cult there's no need unless it's a cool cult that does good things can you have a good cult is there such a thing as a good cult mm, you could argue religion's a good cult are religions a cult though I don't know I'm sure there's a fine line between a cult and a religion like Scientology thinks they're a religion but I think they're a cult and if you call them a cult no, they are they a religion but they're a cult. It's weird, though, isn't it? No, officially, they are a religion, aren't they? Yeah, but the way they're set up is very cult-like. And if you call them oh, a God. cult, they go off on one. Yeah. We need to watch another Louis Theroux. Yeah, Louis Theroux knows how to get under their skin. Because like, they started, like, the last uh, Louis Theroux on Scientology, they started making a documentary on him. Yeah. So like, you can't out-documentary Louis Theroux. That's a battle you won't win. <laughs> oh, dear. Um... Okay, thanks guys for listening to Shoko Asahara. Yeah. Uh, next episode, next we're episode, talking yeah. about James's guy. A good guy. However, that doesn't mean he's not interesting. In fact, he is one of the most interesting men who ever lived on the planet. We're talking about Mad Jack Churchill, uh, the only man to register a longbow kill in World War Two. Oh, shit. Yeah. Right, I think I know you're on about now. Yeah. But the thing is, when I say that, you think, oh, that's cool. That is only a fraction of what he did. Like, he is fucking amazing. But we'll go, unless you're a Nazi, in which case he isn't the enemy. But if you're a Nazi and you're listening to this podcast, you are not our demographic. Please leave. <laughs> Please unsubscribe and don't listen again. <laughs> Please. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I wish to see you on the next episode. Catch you on the flippity flip. Bye.